mai, haramai, ete iwi, and welcome back to The Verdict. Today we are discussing all things All Blacks v Argentina. We're going to dissect that with two case files today, but before we do, let me introduce you to our debating duo this morning, Goran Paladin. Rav, great to be back again. Thanks for the invite. You're welcome. <laughs> and former All Black Mills, Muliaina. Rav, great to be back. Looking forward to this debate <laughs> for sure. What, the third week running? Yeah, maybe we've... We're still here. Yeah, it's either a case of he likes us or we can't find anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> it must be the latter. <laughs> I see you, you're well prepared. You know, you took the piss out of me last week with all my notes. Oh, and you've pretty notes. much copied me. Multiple oh, pages. Exactly. Yeah. Just like the All Blacks, I've adapted. Well, I will adapt. I will adapt. <laughs> Showing great depth, Mills. Okay, before we get into these case files, we'll just give a little direction as to how this will play out. You will both be able to state your case, what side of the argument you will be on. You will then present your evidence to back up your statements. Then you can respond to each other's comments, but just make sure it's at a timely manner. Okay, cool. Kapai? Yep. All right, let's get into it. Case number one. The All Blacks suffered their first ever defeat to Argentina at the weekend. The question is, has the chasing pack caught up to New Zealand? Or have the ABs slipped off their pedals? Mm. Goran? Oh, look, I'm going to say that um, it's not a case of the chasing pack having caught up. Every now and then the All Blacks have maybe slipped a little bit, slipped off their pedals, as you say, and that you know, on the odd occasion that they lose, they're basically beating themselves. But uh, that, that's how I'm going to frame things. OK, Mills? I'm going to say that they have caught up. And there's, yeah, I suppose, just after the Rugby World Cup, there's a few new things. The cream rises to the top. This is what the All Black team is, and everyone's chasing them. Now is the time for them actually to come up with ideas to try and push away. But for me, definitely that everyone else is, is caught up. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like it. Okay, who wants the honour to okay. take down their statement? I, I, I want to start things off just by asking, like, what, what actually constitutes the chasing pack? Because over time, we have suffered defeats at the hands of Australia, South Africa, England and France. That's That's been a given. Mm -hmm. It's happened over time. But... Just recently, we've lost to Ireland in 2016, but you know that was born out of the fact that we didn't have our first-choice locks. Uh, by the end of the game, we had, I think, Cody Taylor was playing as, as a flanker. We had Artie Severe on a wing. I think Jerome Kano started as a lock, and then Kieran Reid finished the game there. And the last time we played the Irish, we actually belted them in a quarter-final at the World Cup. So I don't know if Ireland can be considered the chasing pack. And just because Argentina wins one game against the All Blacks, it doesn't make them our equal. And if they constitute the chasing pack, mm. then you've got to put the teams ahead of them on the rankings, at least before it changed just recently, mm. as part of the, the group that can beat the All Blacks. I don't see a time where Scotland can beat them, that Japan can beat them, that Wales can give them a go. I mean, when was the last time Wales beat the All Blacks? You're looking at the 1950s. So what, what actually constitutes the chasing pack? Are you asking me that now? Yeah. Oh, you didn't finish the argument. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what constitutes the, the chasing pack. And that's everyone else. Because the legacy and what the All Blacks have created and, and, the, and, the, and the winning percentages they have over the years makes everyone else the chasing pack. Now, I know you've spoken about, you know, uh, your teams that have beaten the All Blacks and, uh, and they haven't beaten the All Blacks. There's only two. Two left to do. And that's, that's possibly going to happen, I mean, apart from probably Italy. Okay, Scotland and Italy are the only teams that haven't beaten the All Blacks. Okay, so... That will happen one day, but the legacy and what the All Blacks have done and, and, and the way they've gone about it in every test match, and I talk about the winning percentages, you know, they, they've been successful and that's what makes everyone else chase them. They chase them in terms of the, the skill set they have, they chase them in terms of the, of the fact that, uh, you know, um, how they, 
you know, the, the, the players that they actually introduce and the game plans they have. So everyone's chasing and the, and the pressure that these guys are on to go out there and win week in, week out. You know, no one else can actually, has actually got that pressure. So I welcome the fact that Argentina can go away now and say, well, we've beaten the All Blacks, but can they back it up the following week against the Wallabies? That's where the All Blacks are so great. So when you look at sort of the pack that's chasing, to me, it's everyone else. And when you, in the last couple of years, they have caught up. You know, when England beat you like, like they did in, in uh, you know, last year at the Rugby World Cup, Argentina have now done it. They've sort of, you know, for a number of years, they've threatened to, to beat us. Even over in Buenos Aires when, you know, we won in the last couple of, um, couple of minutes with a try to, uh, you know, Razor Robinson. They've been there thereabouts. Now that's happened, they can get that off their back. Records are made to be broken. And that, that's one of the records that's, that's, that's now broken. But the Irish team? I welcome that. They're another chasing. I, I do think they're a chasing pack. You can't go from winning in Chicago and then winning at home and then all of a sudden, oh, we've been beaten by 40 points. You're only as good as your last game, Mills. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> so they're in it. They're, they're chasing, uh, all right? Okay. So they've got to actually try and get to the level that the All Blacks are. That's why I think they've caught up. The key now for the All Blacks is how do they evolve their game? How do they go from... You know, the, when they've lost to England, they've now lost to Argentina. They've got a, you know, a few new faces, definitely a few, uh, 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 a different coaching panel. Mm. How do they evolve that in terms of, okay, we've got to come up with new ideas. You know, we, we possibly implemented, imp well, we did, the, the, kick, the, the kick pass game. You know, things off um, you know, set piece. Where we possibly haven't evolved is adapting the other nations' game plans. Um, you know, being, being prepared, you know, to play that sort of, you know, boring type game that um, you know, a lot of people would say it's not boring it's winnable rugby and so we've got to come to a balance when we say well we're not getting anywhere now how do we turn that around and say well let's play their game let's play their style be prepared to kick and the problem that we've got here in New Zealand we're so expansive you know super rugby it's flash you know if you do this you've got nice flash boots you're fast everything's sped <laughs> up you know we've got to be prepared to actually adapt and that's possibly where this next all black coaching um, you know, team have, have have got to get to. Yeah, and so you basically made my argument for me, Mills, and I thank you very much for that, uh, because <laughs> the, the the inability to adapt and, and basically take on board things that are working well for other nations and utilising them yourselves, that's, that's why I'm saying that at times they have slipped a little bit, uh, and... It's, it's that in conjunction with a couple of other things as well, Rav. So, you know, we, we used to be a team where we weren't afraid to take a drop goal in certain situations. You know, like I remember as a kid watching Grant Fox pop them over for fun. Andrew Mertens was the same. He didn't mind a drop goal. But all of a sudden, it's like we've said, well, you know, we don't need to resort to that sort of negative Northern Hemisphere style play. We're just going to beat you with tries no matter what the scenario. And, you know, look, it has worked in the past. You know, I remember Ryan Crotty, it was Ryan Crotty scoring in the corner against the Irish all those years ago. They can do it. They have done it in the past. But in recent times, we're seeing matches where, you know, there was an opportunity to, to win against Australia at the start of the Bledisloe series this year. They didn't take that. Um, there have been opportunities against South Africa uh, as recently as a year or two ago that didn't take that. So it's, it's those moments where I'm led to believe that it's more the All Blacks making than it is the chasing pack that the All Blacks are at times, not all the time. I'm, I'm, look, I'm not hating on the All Blacks. I need to get that out there. I love you guys. I want you guys to win all the time. Uh, hand on heart. But, you know, if we're having this debate and we want the All Blacks to, to be the best and continue to be the best, then there are just little aspects where they have let themselves down. 
And Mills, did you want to reply to that? Oh, absolutely I do. <laughs> absolutely I do. I actually would like to say, oh, you've actually confirmed my argument. Oh, have you? Should we switch seats? And the fact that, you know, they have caught up. You know, if you look at the way the, uh, that uh, the, the English have beat us, if you look at the way uh, you know, Argentina have beat us, even that first game where it was a draw with the Wallabies and the Wallabies' second game, there's, there's similarities there in the way that we've been we've been beaten. I, I look back at 2009, you know, when the South Africans came out and they used this kicking game and they sort of they've caught up. They used a different sort of style. We adapted. We adapted in terms of 2010. You know, we had to sort of look at their strengths. Okay, so what are their strengths? It's their kicking game. We've got to catch the high balls. We've got to block the runners and things like that. And what happened in 2010? We annihilated them. So. They are catching up. They're constantly catching up with different things. What we've got to understand now is how do we enhance that? How do we enhance our strengths as well as, you know, looking at other teams' strengths and saying we've got to adapt those. And that's where I think, you know, every year or every sort of three to three to four years, teams are going to constantly catch up. Alongside of that also is, is the new development of guys that are coming into the team. You know, we, I mean, we've, we've had an influx of a young talent that have been introduced to pressure situations, but also... You know, a, a captain that's sort of been in, uh, you know, in, in a new role as well. The coaching staff. So how how do we enhance that? That's the question now for the All Blacks. The fact that these teams are actually caught up now, we need to go to another level, change our game plan a little bit, but also keep the, some of the stuff that's been really good over the years. Mm. But see, this is where the All Blacks are slipping. So you, you reference the times where the world catches up, and then the All Blacks push past it. And I think with the, the, the rush defence and the, the aggression that we saw and the niggly tactics that we saw with Argentina the other day, that, that isn't something that's brand new to an All Blacks encounter. We saw that with Ireland and Chicago four years ago. And, and Gregor Paul, a wonderful journalist who writes uh, rugby reports for the New Zealand Herald, mm. he said this four years ago in one of his pieces. Um, of Ireland... They had worked out that the way to beat the All Blacks is to smash them hard early and never stop. So the All Blacks have known that this sort of approach has been coming, but they haven't been able to adapt to that so that when it happens, they've got a plan B up their sleeve. So they see that Argentina is being that confrontational adversary. How do we get past it? Is it with you know, tactical kicking instead of trying to meet them with brute force head on? So, yeah. Yeah, well, it's an interesting discussion, isn't it? I, I mean, what Greg has you know, mentioned is probably absolutely right, but you've got to also take into consideration the team that's actually gone out there and then beaten them by 40-odd points post that. We've got a totally different team here, and perhaps they need time to adjust to that sort of style. They need some time to adjust to those sort of things that happen. I liken it sometimes, too, to the great teams like Barcelona. Let's take a football team like Barcelona. Now, they've been dominant for so many years. They're not going to constantly win every game, but... You know, history shows they're dominant. You know, if, if things aren't going their way, they change things. Okay, mm. okay. Perhaps they they go out and buy one of the best players in the world and put them. <laughs> and we haven't got that luxury. That helps. We haven't got that luxury. <laughs> but the fact that they're constantly evolving, and this is one of the things that now the All Blacks, particularly now with the new All Black coaching coaching staff, that they've got to get to. Okay, I think I've made my mind up on this one, and I'm going to go with Mills. Oh, I'm going to go with Mills Jesus. because I thought I was going to lose that one. I do believe that, you know, world rugby, the future is bright with a lot of teams now. And I think in the case of Argentina, it was a case of cracking that All Blacks code up against their top flight team. I mean, we lost to Wallabies the weekend before. 
but that wasn't against. <laughs> she says that. Uh, <laughs> wasn't that wasn't against you know the the A side that we saw up against Argentina, and I really felt that Argentina's game plan got the better of the All Blacks, and not a lot of teams can say that. So kudos where kudos is due to Argentina, and I feel that they rose to the occasion, and it shows the future is bright. How did they, though, Mills? How did Argentina <laughs> rise to the occasion, yeah. given that they were without international rugby for more than 400 days? Yeah. And then the, their first hit out against the fantastic All Blacks, and they put in that kind of performance. Yeah, Just, uh, it defies uh, belief. Yeah, and I've been having a couple of days to think about it now. Mm. I mean, at the time, you're like, where did that come from? You know, it was just absolutely, it's amazing achievement. What they've done and the way that, that, yeah. that they've gone about it, mm. considering the no game, has been in isolation for six weeks, and then the game plan they went into it with. You know, they rattled the All Blacks, and yeah. so this has got to go down. Is you know one of the, I suppose the the, the bit of defeats you know, the All Blacks. Well, well, that's probably the bad bad uh, way to put it. But the way that Argentina Argentina did it was mm. just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, one word springs to mind, and that was heart. You mm. could see that from the captain when he had those words with the referee. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm playing for my country. I'm playing again, for my country, right? so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> You've got no idea what it's going through my mind right now. Yeah, exactly. So kudos to them for that. Yeah. Don't forget, if you have anything you'd like to say about this argument, drop us a comment below. Let's get into case number two. We're sticking with this game. Yeah. Okay. And we're now in the final term of the sporting year. Do the All Blacks get a fail on their report card? Mills, what do you think? Well, for me, really, it's a no. You know, I think considering uh, the year that we've had and um, especially around COVID and things like that, I, I definitely think it's, it's been a no. We've, we've, uh, we've blooded some new young, young blood in some precious situations. And for me, really, I think uh, if you can put the Bledisloe Cup away, um, hopefully win this weekend, then... You know, it's not a fail to me. Okay. At the risk of um, making enemies everywhere, I'm going to say that, uh, yeah, it, it, you can give them a, a fail on their report card to date. And um, I'm, I'm going to try and support my argument using statistics and, and looking back through history, Rav. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like okay, we're, we're getting deep into those notes. All right. <laughs> well, it's, it's not going to be a case of, oh, the All Blacks lost two games, this shit. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because, totally. like, what do you learn from that? Yeah. And what do you achieve? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, let, let's look back through time and, and see how the 2020 breed compares mm. to other um, yeah, iterations fair. of the All Blacks. Mm -hmm. Okay, who wants to kick us off? Mel's going on it. So, I'm not going to dive into the stats because... I will. No, I, I'll dive into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like the Argentinian captain. Right I'm going to go into a pure heart and, and, and say, you know, I don't think it is a fail. You know, if I look at it in, a, in the, the bigger picture and the biggest uh, scheme of things, I'll start really with the, with the Super Rugby Aotearoa, which is now going to be Sky uh, Super Rugby. Uh, you know, I just think the way that that, uh, that was played and, um, you know, the success that had, yes, it was the only rugby being played, but explosive, it was dynamic, you know, it was something fresh for everyone globally. You know, you lead on to, to where the All Blacks were. Um, they didn't start as well as perhaps they, they should have. But again, my point is we blooded some new, some new blood. And when I, when I mentioned that, we, we put them in pressure situations. You can't, you can't um, you know, uh, teach or, or learn that off the field. And when you look at that, draw, that drawn game in, in, in Wellington, when you'd be able to bring on young guys um, you know, to finish the game off, 
you know, that there was pleasing. Then to lift again and go and, and win uh, Eden Park the following week and win convincingly, to go then to Sydney and just blow them off the park. Now, we were getting into a bit of momentum then, okay? So you'd have to say 17 years. It's, you know, 17 years since they've won that Bledisloe Cup back. That Bledisloe Cup is, you know, pretty important to New Zealand and to the all-black team. So that's a big tick for me. You know, that's done and dusted. Um, the next thing is the Tri-Nations. Do we really, do we, is, is there, you know, a really a big thing on the Tri-Nations given that South Africa aren't even there? Now, if it was a championship in South Africa were there, then I'd be a little bit, you know, more concerned. Okay, so, all right, there's some learnings. The learnings are, okay, well, we've got to get a team, um, you know, two teams that can lift to that level, you know, week in, week out. And that's what we didn't have at, at Suncorp. We didn't have that, um, you know, when we came back to our, the, the next team that, you know, they had that week off. We didn't get to that level. But for me, really, what was the, the pleasing part is, if you look at the team as a whole, we still haven't established our, our first team. You know, you look at the front row. Have we row, not? Look at the front yeah. row. No, you look at how, how young that is. Lomax, you know, first year, really, as an established all-black. We're still sort of toing and throwing about off toing a fussy or, you know, kaotu nukuwafi. You know, who goes there? You know, you still got guys, you know, sitting back at home that, uh, you know, Angus Ta'avau and co. So... You know, who goes and you look at the locking department, you know, White Lock's been here for a while, you've got Tupo Vai now that's that's mm. that's throwing Barrett, you know, to the Lucy's. You know, here's the, here's that, that whole sort of, you know, Hoskins to Tutu, you know, Adi Savia, you know, Sam Kane's even now under pressure. You know, and then you move out, you know, do I need to talk any further? Right to your, your midfield. We still haven't established our midfield and our and our outsides and we're the pleasing. Is it not is, good Hugh and Leonard Brown? Well well, is it is it now after we've we've, we've had a loss? You know, I mean, we've yeah, still got, we've still got, you know, Rico Ioane that could sit there and be the X factor guy that can come. So mm. we haven't established that, you know. And then you add to that the talent that's in Wider Ten Cup. There is so much talent there. So where the coaches have got to get to is the fact that we've got to get, you know, two or three teams before this next World Cup. Well, definitely two teams that are capable of actually going out there and being at that same level. And so that's where I think, you know, we've ticked off the Bledisloe Cup. Um, yeah, if we if we had come out of this sort of tri nations and and Bledisloe having dominated um, these teams in the first year, I'd be a little bit worried because you know we haven't played the English or we haven't played the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah. This now puts that rock under you know the back on, you know under, underneath your towel. It makes you think, okay, we're not we're not quite there. We've got a long way to go, and this will only make us hungrier. See, I, I worry that we haven't put this Australian side and the Argentine side to the sword by now. Because um, looking at the statistics, this is one of the, the worst years in All Blacks rugby in the professional era. If we go back to 1995 and, and all the way through to 2020, there's only one season of All Blacks rugby where they've had a 50% or worse win rate. And that was 1998 under John Hart. And they lost five matches in a row that year. Um, the All Blacks were a great side, but the teams that they came up against in that, in that trot, they were legendary. You, know, you look at the Wallabies of the time. In 98, they had guys like John Eels, Gregan and Larkin with a 9-10 combination. You had Matt Burke at, at 15, Joe Roffs on a wing. You know, like the list goes on and on. South Africa, meanwhile, they had Rassi Erasmus in their squad. They had um, a young Bob Skinstad. They had uh, Fenta. They had Montgomery. You know, these were quality teams of, of the time. Whereas where I look at the Wallabies of today... You know, they're basically learning how to play, handing out test caps under Dave Rennie at the moment. And Argentina, we, we just didn't know what they were going to provide. Uh, they were immense, but after 400 days without rugby, like, come on. They had, they had 
nothing under their belts before the match. And so that's why when I look at the All Blacks and, you know, you've got Bowden Barrett, who's a two-time World Player of the Year, Richie Moonga, who just, you know, Super Rugby's been his plaything for many, many years now. You know, they've got quality players. I expected them to, to do better than what they did. And, you know, when you look at the statistics for this year, they've played five, they've only won two. That's a winning percentage of 40%. So for only the, the second time in 25 years, they're dipping under sort of that 50% win rate. And um, that, that, to me, that, that signifies a fail, Rav. Your face looks very worried. Well, I am worried. It's like <laughs> I, I don't want the All Blacks yeah, to receive exactly. a fail. I, I want exactly. them to be successful. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, when you, when you look at those statistics and you weigh it, up, weigh it all up, yeah. how can you come up with anything else? You look at those names that you, you sort of um, you know, gave out in terms of you know, the, the Wallabies side. That Wallabies side created a great team. You know, great team of uh, not only individuals, but a, a, of individuals that played as a team and, and played to the cause and got themselves to that stage where everyone was on the same page. Mm. There's no doubt, no doubt in my mind, and I'm sure yours as well, Goran, we've got great individuals. You know, we've got yeah. some fantastic players. And on paper, gee, we look amazing, don't we? Mm. We just haven't quite got to the stage where we know we're, what we're actually trying to do. And that's that's probably the concern for me. So that's where I'm saying it's, it's a tick mark. I'd rather be doing this now against the Wallabies yeah, they may they may be sort of inexperienced as well, and also you know have a loss against the Argentinians where they um, weren't expected to win, considering what they've been through. I'd much rather be in this situation now, thinking, gee, there's still quite a bit of work to do, than than to have it. Okay, we've well, gone on Northern Hemisphere tour and we've lost four games, and then coming back because then you're going to have to peel back a lot of stuff to say, well, where can we get to this? Or go to a, you know, be dominant for four years get to the Rugby World Cup and constantly lose. Mm. This is the time now for us to say, well, you know, the big tick for me is we've won the Bledisloe Cup. You know, the big tick for me also, we've, we've blooded some new blood. Lomax, Vias, Satutu. Frizzell for me too, he's, next, he's, got, he's now sort of establishing himself in that next level because we're, mm. we're still trying to find that guy that's going to be dominant. You know, like a Jerome Kano sort of scenario where someone's, you know, we come around the corner as a, as a ball carrier and you say, oh, gee, I'm not, I don't want to run down that channel. Or Jerry Collins type of scenario. He's still trying to establish himself. You talk of Richie Moonga. Mm. He's got to be in that seat for a long time. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's got to be able to actually take adversity now. You know, now that he's had a, a bad game, well, the whole team, and he didn't quite get what he wanted to, he's got to learn from that. Now, you can't learn from that playing Super Rugby and being dominant Super Rugby. He, it's now his opportunity now to go to the next level. And if you're going to get that sort of that same ride, you know, week in, week out, well, it's false. You know, you, you've got to be able to say, well, we've, we've just battered. And this is a good time for us as, all black, um, as, as an all-black team to go over there and say, well, okay, here are the things... Um, that we need to get right, you know. Don't have mis you know, conceived ideas that we're the, the greatest team in the world yet. We've still got a long way to go, and I'd much prefer to have, you know, to be in the situation against the Wallabies and uh, Argentina than England, Ireland. Man, imagine if England, England had been us, been us like that. Maybe we wouldn't hear the end of it for the next four years. Well, I think they did beat us <laughs> like that at that. the World Cup, didn't they? Oh, that's, yeah, they're still hanging around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose the, the question was you know, the report card to mm. date. Do things change mm. when they play Argentina in a week and a half from now? Do they beat them uh, and convincingly? Does that change my mind? I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, listening to you, Mills, yeah. I, I totally get what you say. I think in, in terms of um, preference, we want the World Cup, then it's the Bledisloe securing that again, and then the 
Tri-Nations Rugby Championship sits beneath that. So I, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, like there were so few games this year, I just wanted us to be ripping into these these lesser lights and um, yeah. they just they just didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the word fail is really harsh. There's definitely work-ons uh, for the All Blacks to be doing. Um, go on. Who do I go with? Me. You can't, hey, hey. Oh. <laughs> the, the person, yeah, hey, the person who just says me yeah, first is usually the loser. Okay, what's in it for me? No. Um, <laughs> A bottle of wine. <laughs> okay, it's great. No. Um, I'm actually, I'm quite on the fence about it because I don't want to say that the All Blacks have failed, but I think they get, a B or C? Hey, that's still but pass, I don't mate. know. C's, mate. The C's get degrees. Did you hear that? That's <laughs> <laughs> the pass. Okay, well, then it's, hey, then it's a pass. Degrees. Oh, okay, all right. I just... <laughs> I think there's a lot of factors that we have to, you know, look at as well. The All Blacks, I mean, Australia get to play in front of their home crowd every game. Argentina, that crowd was mental. There was a sea of blue and white there. The All Blacks don't get that um, part of it. Um, the dynamic of COVID and all these sorts of things, there's a lot of adversity that's gone into preparations. Have they perhaps played a lot of rugby in Super Rugby? Has playing New Zealand teams back to back to back been a lot for the All Blacks to sustain and then to still be fully fit and dominant in an international series? Perhaps, we don't know. Um, but they definitely have to work on something, like you said, Goran, something has to change against Argentina. Even if they don't win, something has to change in terms of that game. Mm. So in saying that, I can't say that it's a fail, especially with a game up in the air. Oh, well done, Mills. I'm Owen too. We'll give you the week <laughs> off next week, eh? So, oh, mate. Oh, <laughs> Don't come back. Outstanding. <laughs> Sorry, Goran. I get to keep all my friends. I'm, too, I'm <laughs> tired now. I'm tired now. I'm tired of winning. Gee, I'm tired of winning. <laughs> what, did I win last week? No, I, I didn't, did I? No, I think uh, we split one, it, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, 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 yeah. I fired back. I fired back yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. The comeback is real. <laughs> now, well done, mate. Well argued. I just feel like rubbish now because I've um, I've taken the negative side it's, of the All Blacks. But it's fair to say it's occasion. it's fair to to you know you have to hold the team accountable and point out the statistics and mm. what you say is is correct in terms of the history. So it is correct. See, she's just gone back on that, Mills. <laughs> now, now I win that. Putting one. words one, in one. my mouth, going. Okay, on. sorry. Not but, the wine but in glass. some ways, they do have to. They do have to look back at history and mm. things like that. You know, yeah. if they don't go back and sort of you know. Um, address it, mm. they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Now, I, you know, I totally think they'll, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, they'll win. They'll definitely win. But what, yeah. what it's going to make, there's going to be a mental note in the back of their minds mm. to say, well, hey, our, you know, we're not sitting here at the beach. We've got to get ready for the next couple of years and there's a lot of things we've got That's to right. fix. And I'm not just talking the players. Mm. I'm talking about everyone else. I heard Sam Kane come out and say, we can't win five in a row. It's too, it's too hard, especially when you're going into the World Cup. Well, you know, we, we've got to. Yeah. We've yeah. got to get to a point where you can because, mm. you know, if it takes one game out that's going to lose our momentum to win that rugby World Cup, well, you know, unfortunately, that could be, you know, the losing of it. And yeah. So now's the time to actually start addressing some of and those And what things. history shows them is that they can do it. Exactly. They have done it. They do do it. Yeah. So yeah. hang on to that part. <laughs> as I say, if you're going to do something like this, then you may as well do it as far out from a World Cup as possible. Oh, and that's what we yeah. are, you know? I tell you, I, the, last, the two ones that I failed, I, it's the worst feeling. I'd much had rather done it the way they've done it now than mm. to go and, mm. and think you're going to win it and then lose. I liken it to, you know, Nolan Toto. I'll jump back to Nepal. But when Nolan Toto took over the Silver Ferns, when they were coming out of an absolute pit of their mm. reign, yeah. um, they didn't win straight away. No. They, I think they did 
to say it nicely, they did terribly. Mm. But the work that they put together to build that foundation to get to the World Cup and take it out, well, no one's thinking about the games they lost now. Yeah, you know? there were a couple of high things, weren't there, at the hands exactly. of um, the Aussie Diamonds. Right. And England. But nobody's talking about those now. No, no exactly. No. So it's the progression. Collectively, they got together, didn't they? So. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's it for our, our debating. So let's get into some general question for Mills. <laughs> yeah, what have you got for us today, Ray? What have we got today? A bit of overtime for you. You don't mind? Well, you didn't prep me on this, did you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> but that's part of the fun, you it's know? Just, we we get like an honest response. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the look of terror oh. on your face. <laughs> I almost relaxed a little There's bit. No you know? There's no trust here. <laughs> okay, first question, Mills. Is it fair for Ian Foster to cop the blame for the defeat? Uh, look, I think if you're the all-black coach, yeah, you're, you're, you're scrutinised. You know, I mean, it's you know a, a job that's um, possibly you know almost on par with the prime minister. You know, when when it comes to New Zealand sport, because we love the All Blacks so much, and the, our legacy—I mentioned it before—the legacy has sort of provided that, you know, mm. that expectation. So whenever you go into that role, it comes with responsibility. It also comes with you know the added pressure, and so. Uh, yes, I agree with that. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of people hurting, uh, but also, you know, you got to remember too. You know, you put, got to put things in perspective. You know, in the way they've gone about it, what's he actually doing? The key thing now, when you're and I've been in teams that have struggled like that. The, the key thing now is he's got to go away and actually say, well, was, was this really the plan? Is it was just, you know, I was I was prepared <coughs> three or four months ago that this could possibly happen. You know, what do I need to tweak? Um, if it wasn't then, you know, he's got to actually look down and say, well, how can we change these sort of things? You know, and I, I take it right back to where, you know, the 2007 Rugby World Cup when we lost. Man, that was the worst time ever. But the coaching staff, they they got together and they said, well, we can't do the same things. You know, we've got to actually start. We, we got, they got a lot of guys from different sports, at the high-end sports, to actually say, well, what are some of the, how do you how do we go out there? Because it was pressure that was, that was killing us, you know. Um, how do you actually embrace that pressure? Um, in terms of the decisions you make on the field um, and, and things like that. So Ian Foster, and, and what came of that was, okay, you wanted to get to a stage, even the SAS guys that we brought in and mm. spoken about. It. Now, their pressure's different because the consequence of that is you don't get another week. No. You know, um, so we had to try and, um, you, know, uh, you know, come up with, with ways to do that, you know. Um, you know, was, where's the contingency plans and things like that. Now, if you don't do not do that and don't, you know, appreciate the, some of the stuff that didn't quite go right, then you'll never learn. So if Ian Foster's job now is to be able to make sure that his team, I'd say team, and I mean his staff and, and his, his coaching staff, not as just just the coaching guys, but all the medics and things like that, his mental guru, um, uh, Gilbert and Oka, all on the same page. And then you've got to make sure your, your players... Um, are right in behind you, right in behind the, the task that you have. And the difficulty but the difficulty now is you can go in there, you're under pressure, four million people after you, they want you to they lose your job and things like that. It's so easy to go, okay, we've got to do this thing right, we've got to do this thing right, we've got to do this thing right. And now you've got 50 things, 50,000 things you've got to get right and you haven't really prioritised. Hmm. Um, so the key thing for him is really prioritising what that looks like. Um, is it fair that he cops it? <sighs> It's a hard one. I think it's a, it's a collective effort. Um, you know, there's some responsibility on the players. Um, but unfortunately, in New Zealand, when we're um, that passionate about rugby, you know, someone's got to take the blame. Yeah, he's and at wrong. the moment, he's, he's copying it. But like two weeks ago, he, he masterminded a splendid victory yeah. over the, the Wallabies. And yeah. you know, in the space of a fortnight, all of a sudden, the knives are out for him. And 
I feel so sorry for Ian Foster at yeah. times because one, he's not Scott Robertson, who was you know a lot of people's favourite for the role, and, and he's not out there making tackles and mm. and throwing passes and and all, all that. Like you know that he can only arm the players with so much, mm. and then it's up to them to go out there and execute. Yeah. And the thing is, too, when you look at the, um, the coaching selection, you know, it was quite divided at the time, too. He wasn't the out-and-out out sort of everyone's mm. favourite to, to rock into the job. Um, you know, because you, obviously that was the, the, the union thought that was the next transition, that he was the you know, assistant coach and he rocked sort of in. But you, there still was, you know, a few people that didn't think, he, you know, um, you should get the job right up until that first test. Mm. And then the second test, and then people started to relax a bit. But I think... Having now lost two in a row, and particularly this one, considering the circumstances of Argentina, yeah. mm. you know, now all the, there's doubts, there's plenty of doubts, all those doubters are now coming back as opposed to, you know, they're, they're probably, okay, well, we're swinging now to the fact that, okay, we're, he's actually doing a good job. So now you've got all the women sort of piping up a bit more. So yeah. it's, it's a tough one, but who the heck would be a coach? <laughs> yeah. I sort of take it back to what you were saying earlier, Rav, about the, the netball. So... Mm. Um, Mills, you're saying that it wasn't like the the obvious appointment. You know, there were people in the Foster camp, people in the Robertson camp. Mm. When Janine Southby was removed from the head coaching role for the Silver Ferns, there was only there ever was no one, one possible yeah. option. Yeah. It had to That's be right. Dame Nolene Taurua. Yeah. If it wasn't her, then you may as well just give up playing netball yeah. because <laughs> she is the only person who's going to turn it around. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. like... And still didn't come with, you know... A string of wins yeah when she stepped in exactly. exactly yeah and I don't think I'm gonna forget um, Ian Foster's face in the box for a little while no. I, I actually I liked that he was that emotional about it yeah. that's how much it meant to him so you know that's evidence yeah. for me that you know we've never had that we've never yeah. had that even even in a winning sense that a coach in the, in the boxes that you know animated you know mm. to have to, to have to show those pictures mm. you know it, they are human. Yeah. yeah. And the last two guys that were there, you know, perhaps have just had steel faces and they underneath the table. Yeah. Faces not moving. Yeah. Those Wait, did you just I say knew. Steve Hansen had Botox? No, no, I did not. No, I did not. Really? New Zealand? No, I did not. Graham Henry then. <laughs> Jeepers. Okay. <laughs> Leading the news cycle we are. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned um, Razor. Um, what kind of All Blacks would we have had in 2020, do you think, if Fraser was the coach? Well, this is the, the whole argument, right? Um, and when you look at the New Age style and the New Age, um, I suppose, athlete and what they've gone, you know, there's so many outside influences. You've got, you know, social media, um, you've got, you know, and, and, and being active in social media, but, you know, when it first you know, started, it was kind of like just reading up on things as if they're news articles. Now mm. guys are actively involved in that. Being able to, you know, when they come out of school, they're going straight into professionalism. Um, and so that's a, that's a lot different athlete to when, you know, when I was when I was playing compared to when the people before me. So they're constantly sort of changing. And one thing about, about coaches uh, that, that I've sort of seen over the years is that it's the ability to make to, to relate to players. And, and, and have that relationship. It's all based on relationship because you, at the end of the day, you want to trust the coach um, that you play for mm. um, and go out there and no matter what he says, you're going to go out and do that because you believe in him and, and, the, and the tactics he's sort of provided. Razor's probably got that. You know, he's probably got the respect of the players and he's built that around the Crusaders. I mean, possibly p p people will argue it's not the hardest thing to be able to do that around, but um, 
you know, he's he's been able to to, to change that that environment. And if you're that successful, you know, year in year out, you know, three titles in a row, or four titles in a row, whatever it is, at, at, at his age, I mean, something's something's going right. And so, you know, part of me thinks, you know, perhaps a new voice might have, you know, um, being a new voice, you know, something fresh. Um, the Nessie can relate to guys. Um, his willingness to be able to you know, adapt to different sort of game plans mm. uh, might have been a thing. The, the difficulty about that is in New Zealand, we're, we're so sort of, we're into tradition. You know, we don't like big changes. And, and perhaps now that the, the, could be the thinking thing, well, actually, maybe we do need to, you know, consider that because, mm. you know, our athletes, our teams have, have changed and, um, you know, what would it look like? I, I still think, um, you know, Razor would have, you know, Perhaps, perhaps you know, had to find his feet a little bit, like Nolene. Mm. Um, but it's hard to say. It's it's really hard to say. There's no doubt in my mind he's a, he's a quality coach and, and and what he's done and, and the team that he's sort of built around the Crusaders has definitely been dominant. I wish they could have just put them both together. Like yeah, they, what they, did it have to be? They pit them against, against each, each other. other. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, so you think Ian Foster's got the goods, but you know you've got Scott Razor Robertson waiting in the wings. Just put them together. It's such a hard one though, eh, Graham? Because like at the end of the day. One of them would have wanted to be the, the head coach. Yeah. One of them would have been the guy. You couldn't have like a co-coach situation. We see co-captains in sport. Or why couldn't we have a co-coach? Yeah. It would have been, I think, a bit tough for Razor to come into the environment as a co-coach when Ian's been there for so long. I yeah, think. yeah, and, and, and different views. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know, you've got a view where it's it's worked for so long, which is perhaps what Fozzie's been involved with. And perhaps, you know, Razor would have wanted... A, something different mm. you know you, i don't think you can mix that you know so unless they, mm. they both say okay well i'll come in and i'll do this role and, and you know let's just say fozzy you, you be the the head coach and um and i'll be assistant and then i'll transition to that later on that's the only way it's going to work i think you, i don't think you can have co-coaches mm. and to be totally honest and to be fair to fozzy this is perhaps a, a vision he's had yeah. for a long time you know Definitely. with his predecessor and you know when he's when he's given him his blessing and pushed him to be the next coach yeah. That's that's what he would have wanted to do. And in Razor's case, you know, he would have wanted to come in and say, "Well, this is how I'm going to run things." And you can't have that. Otherwise, I mean, no matter how much you say you're going to trust each other, you, you know, you're still going to be looking over your shoulder. Mm. You know, mm. that's true. Okay. Well, we've spoken a lot about emotions and what these results have meant to us <laughs> as former players and fans. So, on the back of a certain tweet, Mills. Mm. Did you see it? Did no. you see? A certain tweet about. I, I don't. I don't do Twitter. I don't. I don't <laughs> yeah, but do you watch the news? Because <laughs> you would have seen that one tweet of like Keith Quinn. He yeah. watches the. Oh, oh yes, yeah, I told about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in relation to that tweet, is it okay for men to cry in rugby? I think it is. Yeah. I, I don't think there should be any issues with crying in, in rugby. I think uh, gone are the, those sort of days, right? And I possibly back in the days would, you know, they probably would have wanted to cry. There wasn't really, you know, there was that, you had to be a hard man back then. You didn't, should, couldn't show emotion, you couldn't show any tears. You had to be able to fight, you know, you go to those dark places and sort of give some, um, you know, you know, a couple of sort of cheap punches. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have survived as an all back back then and tell you the truth, I would have whimpered <laughs> off. But I think it is. I absolutely think it is. And then you, you've got to look at it also. The Argentinians, them crying, that's 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 their tradition. You know, they're, they're, they're passionate people. They don't mind crying. They don't, they don't you know, it's, it's part of their culture, you know, to show some of that emotion. And it's, it's weird because us as Kiwis, We've taken a very long time to adapt to that. Mm. You know, even you know, you, you look at the look at the crowd and the way 
um, you know, their, their bench players and also the guys in the stands and they were just dancing in the air and things like that. You know, we, we never show that. You know, we've, we've taken a long time to be able to, to, to come out and, you know, you go to games and all we can do is clap our hands twice and say All Blacks, whereas, you know, the rest of the world, you know, they, they, they're right out there. Um, when it comes to crying, absolutely. I think it's, it's all right to show your emotion in the 20th century. Gee, times have changed. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like the good old, good old days, and um, you know, where you had to be a hard man. There's some hard men out there um, that that you know, if you that seen crying, mate, you just take your hat off to them because it's, it doesn't make them any you know uh, less physical or less hard. Mm. You know, they, it's it's a right to show emotion. Yeah. How often did you cry in the black jersey? <laughs> you know, like uh, either on the field or mate, in the sheds afterwards. I, I had or... to talk about that. 2007 was was tough. Mm. You know, when you when you know, when you woke up the following day and you knew that you dream, it was it was over. Yeah. You know that I took that really hard, mm. um, and, and, and probably winning it in 2011. Um, although I didn't play, um, and I was in the stands watching, um, it brought up a whole heap of of emotion. Um, you know, from all those failed World Cups, but also the fact that you knew that your time was up as an All Black, and mm. that was that was um, probably the, and also my hundredth cap. I think um, you know, although I didn't bore my eyes out, you know, it was it was a, definitely a lot of emotion there because of the journey that I'd, I'd taken to go there. So, um, yeah, there were a few there were a few times, but reflective of the fact, um, you know, of, of the stuff that I'd done and, and why it made it so so special and the hard work that you'd put, you'd, you'd put in. Um, so yeah, definitely through those three moments for me, mm. possibly would have been more, but it's a long time ago now, mate. <laughs> Not that long ago. Pretty patched since then. Yeah. What about well, you, Gordon? When I went back to my room and started crying because I didn't make the team. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do wrong, Coach? Yeah. I cried in front of Ted. Please, Ted, please. <laughs> oh, all right, man. Well, maybe I should have done that. I'm going to get selected. <laughs> when did I last cry? Yeah, when did you last cry? Um, it's probably just like the other week, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've got like a little 10-month-old um, boy and he's like yeah. changing all the time. And, oh. you know, it just, yeah, it makes you get emotional. And yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah, I, I cry pretty much every week. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Aww. Not in public, though, because I'm so staunch. <laughs> no, but that, that's something that needs to change, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like, it's okay for us to, to exhibit emotion at the end of the day. Be human? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're not <laughs> all us. sort of lumps of wood. Well, and on that high, we will call it a day, gentlemen. Thank you very much for your arguments. Mills, always a pleasure for you to join us in studio. Likewise, as I'm, well. I'm going to love that week off. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we'll call you back, mate. We'll call, you'll be Same back. time next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, buddy. As for Goran and I, we will be back next week, same time, same desk, putting everything in sport on trial. Matewa.